Yeah. Woohoo. What's up, everybody? Yeah. We're your new favorite band, Side After Dark, and this is the Music Maniacs Podcast. What? I'm Dan Berg. I'm Sifa Graffiti. And this is a very special day, okay? Mm-hmm. Sifa was so excited to do this podcast <laughs> that she flew all the way from Texas to New York City just for this. Yes. And absolutely nothing else. That's it. And in honor of that, we're going to talk about a band that has nothing to do with Texas or New York. At all. At all. And kind of not even America, please. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the... Red. Hot. Chili. Jalapeno? Peppers. <laughs> I'm super excited to be doing this on the Chili Peppers because they've been one of my favorite bands forever. The first CD I ever bought was a Chili Pepper CD. Awesome. We'll get into that. We'll, you know, chronologically, yeah. as they say, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Very true. Very as true. somebody says on this podcast, I don't Someone. know who it was. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I guess we should start it in Michigan? We shall. We shall. With a young man by the name of Tone. <laughs> That's what I call him. I don't know about you guys. Anton Kiedis. <laughs> Born out there in Grand Rapids, Michigan, yeah. where there's a lot of rapids, yeah, and they're very small and unimpressive. Oh, man. What about Lake Michigan? Eh, it's a lake. <laughs> there's water. There is water there. <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. But Anthony, okay. Yep. Anthony Kiedis. Yep. First of all, let me say this, and I'll get into this a little bit more. This is going to sound a little wild, but Anthony Kiedis, let me tell you people at home something. This guy has no business being alive. None. None. <laughs> it is it is insane. The kind of shit that this guy did. Like so I read his autobiography, Scar Tissue. You you read it too, right? Or no? Yeah, I read a, a good amount of it. Yeah, but yeah, I remember yeah. you were the one that put me on to the autobiography. <laughs> and the band. I had never heard of them. No, I'm just kidding. You're like the red what? <laughs> exactly. Who would do that? Who would name themselves that? Yeah, but this dude is crazy. We'll get it we'll obviously talk more about him. So he grew up um in Michigan with his mom mm-hmm. um until he got sent to LA to live with his dad because yes. his parents had divorced when he was young. Yeah. And his dad was this guy, he was just like a struggling actor. Yeah. His stage name was Blackie Damn It. Kind of sounded like Dolomite. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was Dolomite's stunt double. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll put a picture of the both of them. Yeah. You tell me which one is which. <laughs> but, um, okay, so. What a sad sticker. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony moved to LA. He's out in LA. Yeah. And he's hanging out with his dad, who was a struggling actor who was selling a lot of drugs. To a lot of famous people in LA. That's what you have to do when you're struggling with the acting, you know, and when you want to win your kid over. You want to be the better cool parent? Yeah. You move to Hollywood and you hop them up on drugs. If you want to be the cool parent, <laughs> what do you do? You do cocaine with your young son. <laughs> That's it. That's just known. That's just the international <laughs> exactly. rules of parenting. He's like, I got to win this kid over. How do I do it? What do, what, what, what do you think this kid likes? <laughs> And it's funny, but it's pretty fucked up, honestly. Yeah, I mean, so is. Anthony was doing, literally doing cocaine with his father. He's like yes, 12 years old. Yes. And a little bit of the Chiba, of course, it wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But I mean, yeah, that, when you're doing cocaine with your dad, like, weed is like, what is weed? Like, you better do weed. You better bring him down a little. Honestly, it would be weirder if you did hella blow and never smoked weed. <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> that would be weirder, honestly. How did he do it with his kids? Did he do it like a dealer? Did he give him a little bit? And it was like, next time you got to pay for it. Call me in the it. morning. 
You take this. Call me in two days. I got more where that come from. Um, okay, so so this actually already early before even like high school or like right at the beginning of high school, it already starts Anthony off on just a crazy path of heroin addiction. Yes. Because this is how this is the story of the first time Anthony Kiedis did heroin. It sounds like a joke. It's so fucking insane. Yeah. So he was doing cocaine with his dad all the time. <laughs> and then one day, like, his dad had to go out and, like, run an errand or something. Yep. And he had left a line on the table. Yeah. And he was like, Anthony, whatever you do, don't do this line. And you know how kids are. I the- mean, they do what you do, not what you say. Literally all he heard was, oh, shit, I got to go do this line right when he leaves. Exactly. Exactly. So him thinking it's cocaine, no big deal. I've done this plenty of times. <laughs> I'm 14. I've been around, okay? Yeah. What does he know? (laughs) What does he know about drugs? He does the line. He rides the pale horse. And he immediately realizes, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't think this is cocaine. (laughs) How how, how do you think the music sounded in his head? It was definitely Lou Reed. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. And yeah, so he pretty much is just like, oh. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but I like it. Exactly. (laughs) That's so sad. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. So around that time, he's going to Fairfax High School in Mm -hmm. LA, Mm -hmm. which has a few notable alumni. A few, a few. Just a little bit of them. We got um, Phil Spector. Exactly. Who's never... Never done anything crazy in his life. I don't think anything crazy ever happens for people from no. Fairfax High. Yeah, all the normal people go there. Very clean cut, very uh, Beach Boy-like. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. College sweater. You Slash. Know. Exactly. Very clean cut. Very clean You know, cut. he's never done anything wild yes. in his life. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, the cleanest of the clean. The, you know, just all round good guys from America. <laughs> right. So, so, back in the day, you know, this was... When punk rock was coming up, right? Yeah. And ever since, like, the 90s with, like, pop punk, like, it, saying that you listen to punk rock isn't weird. Right. Right? It's just like, yeah, like, who does it? But back in the day, like, if you listened to punk rock, you were a fucking freak. Yes, you were. At yes, least that's were. what I've heard. I wasn't yes. there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They took the mohawk and they made it, like, scary. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was tribal. But yeah. now it was like... Oh man, I'm not fucking with that guy. Right? He's got a mohawk. Well, that basically—I don't know if Kiedis had a mohawk at the time, but he was—he had that vibe. Yes, he had the vibe. Right? He was just a wild punk kid. It wasn't necessarily like a cool thing, right? He's like, where the drugs at? Yeah. (laughs) So he was, you know, friends with all the freaks. Yeah. Right. So one day he's in high school. How many blonde people went there? Why are all the dark-haired people doing the bad things in high school? Tell us the blondes that went to Fairfax that were crazy. Flea? Flea. Flea. Well, fuck. We're, we're, we're getting we're right about We're right on the cusp of talking about <laughs> okay, Flea. Okay. <laughs> so, so one day, Anthony, he's going through the hall, and he sees one of his freak friends yes. getting, like, bullied by some other kid that he doesn't know. Yeah. Who, the kid, he, like, had him in a headlock. He was messing around with him. <laughs> right? And he just goes up to this kid. Like, Anthony, he's a very loyal guy, right? He yeah. goes to defend his friend. And he just steps up to this other dude like, yo, back the fuck up. And this other dude is just like, yo, like, we're just joking around. Like, I'm friends with him, too. Okay. And he's just like, oh, okay. And then, like, instantly they became, like, best friends. Yes. And, of course, that person who had the kid in the headlock was, his name was Michael Bowsery. Mm-hmm. 
AKA Mike B the Flea. There you go. Because he was a crazy motherfucker just jumping around all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> what about his dad? So, okay. So, so he was born in Australia. Yes. Which should set the tone already. But anyway. Which I have to say, side note, I have no proof to back this up. I feel like per capita, mm-hmm. Australia must have the most amount of talented musicians. It's got, I mean, if you've you know got I mean? Angus in your holster, yeah. then I love you, Australia. Because I literally yelled out in a movie, we love you, Angus. <laughs> Angus. Because <laughs> it's like, there's not that many people in Australia. Like, it's pretty much a wasteland for the most part. But yeah. there's so many good musicians that come out of Australia. Yeah. But sure. I have no proof of this yeah I'm just saying. tell us australians if you're the greatest at music yeah <laughs> you let us know your humble unbiased opinion <laughs> they're gonna be like oi <laughs> just one oi that's all you one. get um so yeah flea was born in australia they moved around they ended up in california and his stepdad was a jazz musician yes and that's how Flea really got into music. Right. He was playing trumpet and shit. He was like yeah. a little kid. Like he was always super into music and like not just punk music, like really like intense music. Like yeah. he was really studying it from a young age. Yeah, I heard the other guys put him on to the rock and roll and the punk. He wasn't necessarily into that mm-hmm. first. Um, yeah, but they had their dads in common in a way. Yeah. Well, because Flea's stepdad was kind of like abusive, right? Yeah, and used to routinely get into shootouts with the police. Really? Not the band, but the actual <laughs> cops. He used to roll up on Sting, <laughs> and he would pull out a pistol, and then Sting would pull out a machine gun, and he would be like, just back up. He'd be like, okay. Okay. And that's, <laughs> and that's how that goes. Um, yeah. So, so they became, so Flea and Anthony became like instantly just like connected. They yeah. were like... They were like soulmates in a way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, kind of jumping forward, Anthony says that that's like the longest friendship and the best friend he's ever had in his life. Aw, cry, everybody. Let's I cry. mean, this is, I mean, we're talking, really, the Chili Peppers just put out a new album. They're doing their biggest tour ever right now in 2022. They met in high school in 1977, I think. <laughs> Shout out to 1977. Come on, this year just keeps coming. Everything it, good <laughs> happened in 1977. <laughs> Disco. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Other things. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Inflation. No. <laughs> <laughs> the best things. All the best things. Um, so, yeah. So, there was... So, him and um, Flea were really tight. Right. And then there's this other kid they went to high school with. This Israeli kid, Hillel Slovak. Yes. They also became super tight with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. three of them were just, just instantly like like that. Yeah. Who they said was pretty much like a master of ceremonies. He had he had it mm-hmm. then. I would say if, if there were a leader... I would say it was Hillel. Yeah, probably for the, the early days, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting the way that it is because Hillel was playing guitar yeah. and Flea was, well, like you said, he was into music, but at this point he was playing bass, I think, already. Yeah, yes. But Anthony was not a musician. <laughs> he was a flavor flave of the group. <laughs> he was just a crazy <laughs> motherfucker. He used to wear a big clock around his neck. <laughs> And he was just—he was just a wild guy. Like yeah. he would write, yeah. but he never really thought of himself as a musician. Right. Right. So after high school, you know, Flea, Hillel, and their friend Jack Irons, who's a drummer, yes, who went on to play for Pearl Jam. Yes. Who's also blonde? So okay, we'll give us a Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the dark-haired people. <laughs> Let's get the record straight, okay? Um, so the three of them—they have a band called uh, What Is This. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
and they're playing around LA and Anthony, you know, they're still all hanging out together, but again, Anthony's not really a musician, so he's not part of the band. Yeah. But he would still be like, he would be like DJing clubs sometimes. He would be like putting on like comedy skits at clubs because he was always a wild, charismatic guy. Yeah, a bit of a personality. And I've heard he's been in a couple of after school specials and I'm going to go look for these things. (laughs) I need to see this. He's taking acting lessons from his dad, maybe. I don't fucking know. Who knows? <laughs> but um, one day, one of these one of these clubs that he worked at, he was just like, "Hey, like, could you just like play like one song just to like start the show off?" Because he was already known around like the scene just for being a crazy guy. They're like, "Okay, you're you're interesting. Like, can you just start the show off with something hype?" Right. 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 So he brought his friends Flea, Hillel, and Jack to play like a one song for them. Yeah. That he wrote it was like a minute and a half but before even that the only reason that Kiedis even thought of that as a possibility of like him being a musician yeah is because one time they were going to go to a punk show in LA Uh and they thought it was a punk show but I guess they got their dates mixed up or whatever Mm -hmm. because they ended up going to a show that was Grandmaster Flash yes and for y'all that don't know Grandmaster Flash was a hip-hop pioneer he was one of the first first biggest rappers yeah right yeah definitely so Kiedis is in there and he's just like watching rap which he had never seen before Mm -hmm. and he was just kind of like this is a thing (laughs) like you could do this I could do that exactly (laughs) I know he thought that (laughs) 100% he was just like he's not singing he's just he got energy he's rhyming words I already write words that rhyme like (laughs) I could fucking do that so then when the club guy's like hey can you play a song he's just like yeah yeah, I could do it. Why not, right? So he gets the boys together. Yep. And they play one song, a minute and 30 seconds long. Yeah. And apparently from the very first song, like, just every... It was crazy. Yeah. Like, apparently the crowd was like, what the fuck? I've never seen anything like this. Because they're all just crazy. They're all just jumping around wild. They're yeah. playing... It's it's punk funk right yeah yeah and i've like i've seen footage of them from back in the days before it's just insane insane energy like i still want to be like those kids are crazy like that's how much energy they like grabbed out of the atmosphere yeah it's it's hard like i couldn't imagine being there and not being instantly like entranced yeah be like what is going on yeah and uh, well this is a good uh place to shout out flea's bass style which became like a huge part of the band Uh uh-huh so basically when i say punk funk basically flea was playing funk bass lines Mm -hmm. but at the speed of punk yes yes and which is fucking hard yeah i mean his (laughs) fingers so does he even have any those aren't fingers I don't know what they are. We'll call them fingers since we don't have a word. It'll be our replacement word for whatever the hell we has. <laughs> Phalanges. Um, so yeah, so he's they're just tearing it up, and they they play this song, and it the people go wild. Yeah. Um, so they were like, hey, you know, this is pretty cool. The club owner's like, hey, if you guys got more material, like you're welcome back. Obviously, the people loved it. Yeah, a mu- beautiful time in music history for things like that to happen. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was very, like, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, people were talking about it, like, oh, my God, did you see this band? They didn't even have a name yet. Yeah. But they eventually decided, okay, well, we'll do this. Um, we'll, we'll call ourselves the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And their following just immediately got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. They had some other crazy names. I, I'm trying to remember. Was it Tone, Tony Flo? Tony Flo and, and the, the Miraculous Majestic ma- Masters of It's four Mayhem. M's. Yeah. yeah. Masters of Mayhem. So Miraculous Majestic or Majestic Miraculous. One of those two. I try to remember. Listen, yeah. I'm not in school anymore. Stop putting <laughs> the pressure on me. Don't get mad at us, guys. 
Anthony, tell us what the band name was. Exactly. I can't or wait for we... the Australians to call us dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll like us because we complimented them so much earlier. All right. Shout then... out to all the Australians. Exactly. What's what's the term over there for like Viva Australia? How do you say that in Australian? Uh, <laughs> long live Australia. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Let me compose myself. Get it together. Sight after dark. Um, So then, yeah, so they start playing as the Red Hot Chili Peppers in their... They immediately get a lot more recognition, and they start getting a lot of people following them. And they get signed to a record deal. The problem is, at this point, their other band, What Is This?, which is Flea, Jack, and Hillel, that was their main band. Yeah. The Chili Peppers were just a side product to them. Right. And they both of those bands got offered deals at the same time. Yeah. So Flea stuck with Anthony. Yeah. And Jack and Hillel went and pursued this other band. Yes. So then they had to bring in a new guitarist and a new drummer for their first album. They did. The self-titled album. Yes. Which... Which, which self? No. <laughs> it was called Anthony Kiedis, the album. <laughs> No, their first album was called Red Hot Chili Peppers, right. and it's just, it's on. I can't believe that that the shit was ever made. Yeah, like if you listen, if you go back and you listen to their first album, it's like this is crazy. Yeah, like I think Anthony Kiedis was the first mumble rapper. <laughs> like I literally, I've listened to that album. I don't know a single word he's fucking saying. No, no, I I love to make fun of. I wanted to do a compilation of all songs that do that. That just you know just make sounds that we all know. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's just crazy. That first album, it's just like, okay, it, it must have been a little too crazy for the people because it went absolutely nowhere. Nowhere. Fast. <laughs> it went, <pfft. laughs> But around this time, or maybe the next album, they did make their most important fan. Yes. A young, a young lad by the name of John Frusciante. Yes. Who will make his triumphant return to the podcast later on. Yep, yep, yep. But that's, that's called a... Cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah. One of the two. Both of those things. Yeah. A four cliff shadow. Four cliff shadow. Four hanger. Yeah. Four. (laughs) That's it. Um, So it's funny though, because the Red Hot Chili Peppers album goes. Yeah. Because it's really hard to capture what they did live in a studio. Yeah. You know, you got to show up on time. You got to get drugged up. Like, you know, it's just a whole bunch of other things. It just, you know, the energy of a live show is really hard to, even if you're, you're totally clean and sober, you're just on it. Like to be able to capture the energy of that kind of live show on a record, it's really hard to do. Yeah. It's like, who do you spit at? Like, you know, who do you throw a bottle at? Like, it's just like, what's the point? What balcony do you jump off? (laughs) You know? But the thing that's funny is that, so the Red Hot Chili Peppers album tanked. Uh-huh. And then the What Is This album tanked even harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Hillel and Jack were like, hey, uh, <laughs> we're going to come back if that's cool. If that's cool. They're like, yeah, you're our fucking brothers. Welcome back. And that's awesome. So they came back and they did the second album, which was produced by a legend. Yeah. Who who produced it? <laughs> Double R. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Uh, funk uh, uh, Parliament. Yeah, yeah, it was George Clinton. Yeah, 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 George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic, which is insane. But 
That didn't do that well either. Yeah. Side note, that's that has to be the most sampled band in the history of hip hop, right? Gotta be. Funkadelic. I mean, Funkadelic. well, it's either them or James Brown. I feel yeah, like for yeah, the yeah. East Coast, it's James Brown, and I feel like for the West Coast, it's it's True. Uh, George. True. Yeah. So so that's the thing that's so cool because George Clinton, like, he was all about the funk. He's the whole thing. We want the funk. Like that's all him. <laughs> literally. Okay. That's literally all him. And then he sees the Chili Peppers. He's like, they got the funk. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, I like, I like what they're doing. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, let's produce the album. So I think it did a little better than the first album, but still right. not really. Yeah, but with somebody like George Clinton on it, it didn't do as well as it should have. Yeah, because that's not too far away from the funk era. You know, the early '80s. Right. You know. So. Right. Um, and sorry, then, George. Sorry, George. <laughs> sorry, George. Sorry, Flea. Sorry, Anthony. <laughs> And that, but around this time, um, the drugs become more of an issue with the band. <laughs> the heroin is like, this is my band. <laughs> I'm the star of this band. <laughs> one, day, one day they go to a concert and it's not Anthony. It's just a bag. It's just a bag. He's standing next to a microphone. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never seen some shit like this before. No, okay, so... So the heroin is becoming a problem, not only for Anthony, yes. but for Hillel. But this is the thing. So with Anthony, his shit was just, he was already super wild. Right. But his addiction was just so in everybody's face. Yeah. Because he literally, I mean, he would just like not show up for recording sessions. He would show up and then just fall asleep. Yeah. Like he would not write. Like he would just clearly be like really affecting the band. Whereas Hillel kind of was just like, way more to himself about it yeah he was like a unfortunately a, a, a dying animal unfortunately you know how like animals when they're sick and stuff like that they don't want you near them they just yeah. go off and hide in a corner it's yeah. like it's like one of those like sad sad things and what's weird about the band it went through so many different changes and it's just like well who did drugs the worst like why were people getting fired it, like why like why were you getting rid of people who <laughs> who was bad at the drug taking? Because I think as long as you could do drugs and still fulfill your responsibilities, <laughs> I don't think they cared. But who was doing, who was fulfilling their responsibilities? Well, this is the thing. You're not, you can't just fire Ketis. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think that's what it is. Like, you can't fire him. We got to fire somebody. <laughs> Somebody's got to go. Yeah. So, okay. Damn. So, but we're getting a little ahead. I know. A little <laughs> ahead because, so unfortunately what happened, everybody thought that Ketis was going to fucking die. Yeah. Because his addiction was so crazy. Yeah. And nobody was really thinking about Hillel because, again, he was just like quiet, just like kind of like to himself about it. Yeah. But Hillel died. Yeah. He overdosed after their third album, I think. Did Hillel go to that high school? Yeah. You did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you have to go to that high school to not to die. Like RDJ and freaking <laughs> Slash, but apparently that's not the thing. Sorry. Hillel broke I was the trying trend. to find Sorry. something about it, but no. Yeah. So, so Hillel died and nobody expected it. No. Because again, he was really like to himself about it. And everyone thought Anthony was going to be the fucking problem. Yeah. And Hillel died and Anthony obviously took it super fucking hard. He yeah. basically disappeared. Yes, he did. That was that was very very hard on him and uh yes, and he <laughs> and yes, and he disappeared. He's the exact thing. He straight up No, like he literally just like I'm going to Mexico. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And nobody knew where the fuck he was. Right. And and he was there for like a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but eventually he kind of pulled himself together. I think 
I think that kind of, at that point at least, made him think, okay, I got to stop doing heroin for a little bit. Yeah, I think he did a tiny bit of rehab and then came back or something like but that. But even, I mean, even his fucking rehab stories yeah. are crazy I from that like, book. Yeah, rehab in Hollywood is almost like, what's the point? I mean, the dude, I don't know if, well, he went to rehab a few times. I don't even remember yeah. if this is the time that he went to rehab. But I remember one time he was saying, like, he was, he went to rehab. It was basically, like, a prison. They had, like, huge barbed wire, fucking, like, 20 feet barbed wire fences. And he just scaled the fucking fence and just jumped over and just fucking ran away. <laughs> like, like, in the middle of the city. It. Like, I mean, the heroin is the band leader. You work for the band leader. Duh. Yeah, basically. But, um, yeah, so, unfortunately, you know, Hillel died, and then Jack left the band after that. He was like, I'm not going to keep doing this yeah, without that, Hillel. I mean, that, I mean, because that guy, I just feel like he had such a great presence, and he was just, like, so much the master of ceremonies. It's like he almost was the band, and it's just, like, mm -hmm. for somebody like that to pass away, it's just, like, shocking, because they're really young. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? They probably, they probably did know a couple of kids that died already. I don't know, but it's still, like, ooh. God, it's like I don't know, tumultuous tremors. How about that? Yeah, double T's. Yeah. But oh yeah, one more story. I, why I can't believe Hedis is fucking alive. <laughs> when they were in high school, like Hedis and, and Flea used to just jump off of buildings into pools for fun. Yeah. And one day Hedis just missed the pool and broke his whole fucking back. Yes, you got to do it. Anyway, this what the fuck? Like, <laughs> come on. and then he wasn't paralyzed somehow. No. Like. It's insane. I, like, there's nothing about... You know what else is fucking crazy? So, like... So, obviously, they're still performing, and they just put an album, like we said. And, like, you see Kiedis, and I look at him, and I'm like, yeah, he looks pretty good for his age. Yeah. But that's just... that. Like, if I didn't know anything about him, I'd be like, he looks good for his age. You yeah. know, his face is a little leathery, as, yeah. you know, happens. But he's still, like, ripped. He's still, like, in shape. Yeah. But knowing what I know about his life... And seeing what he looks like now, I'm like, this dude looks great. Yeah. I'm like, how does he still look like, how does he still have it together? Like, I don't know at all. And then he got straight A's in school. Did you, like, straight A's. And then went to UCLA, which is insane. Yeah. Well, so, obviously didn't stay there very long. But. I know, but <laughs> yeah, like yeah. to get in yeah, yeah, and yeah. to get straight A's while you're freaking uh, doing rails and H is uh, something of an anomaly of sorts. You a know? little bit. That's yeah. not usually how it works out. No, no. Anyway. <laughs> they need a new guitarist. They do. And they need a new drummer. Yeah. So for the guitar, this is when that young Frusciante child comes back. Yep. This is the thing that's crazy. So when Frusciante, John Frusciante first heard the Chili Peppers, he became like a super fan. Yeah. Like he learned like every single song on their on their first three albums. And he was like 14 when he first heard them. Right. Like mad young. Yeah. So now a couple years later, their guitarist dies. They're looking for new guitarists. And now he's only 18. Yeah. And he goes and auditions for them. Yeah. And he already knew all of their songs. Yeah. And was basically a guitar prodigy. Yeah. Like, and he loved the band. And the band was at a certain level that he could handle. Yeah. Okay. Like, so he liked them for what he wanted out of his own career at the time. It's like, right. they're well-known, but they're not extremely well-known where, you know, you're getting hounded constantly right. and you have corporate They answers. were kind of in that sweet spot. Yeah. They could still, they had a very dedicated fan base, but they weren't, you know, people weren't going to stop them on the street, blah, 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 blah. It was right. very manageable. Yeah. And to John, remember, this is John's favorite band. Mm -hmm. He's like, so obviously they hired him because he was fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yo, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm in my the best band that I've ever heard. Like, I love these guys. I made it. 
But to Flea and Anthony, they hadn't made it yet. Right. Right? Because they're still doing, like, clubs and stuff. They're not really doing, like, arenas or, like, big things. But we'll get into that. Oh, another thing. Their third album, they requested uh, for a man named Rick Rubin to produce it. (laughs) Rick said. Rick was like, who the fuck are these kids? (laughs) Rick... Rick didn't get along with the uh, band leader heroin. That yeah, was the problem. Rick and heroin, they had they had beef. No, not they didn't yet. get along. Yo, how many podcasts are we gonna do where Rick Rubin comes up? Honestly, Listen, this is crazy. Rick, you need your own podcast. Get over here, Rick. It's we're local. Come back home. Come back to New York, Rick. We miss you. <laughs> okay, so so now Frusciante enters the band. I don't remember if they got Frusciante or Chad Smith first. Uh, Chad came in in '88. So I think they came in like the same time. Around the right? same time, yeah. So so then they had drumming auditions. This is my f- I love this story. So so they <laughs> they have uh, open auditions for a drummer, and like we said before, Flea's bass playing is fucking insane. Yep. it's just the fastest, funkiest shit you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. And you know, drummers are supposed to sync up with the bass player to form the rhythm section of the band, right? Correct. So all of these drummers were coming in to audition and they just could not keep up with Flea. <laughs> they were just they were like just not even close, right? Not close. So literally the last person that they had to come in and audition was this dude Chad Smith. Mm-hmm. So he walks in and immediately he they weren't super into him just because of his look. Yeah. Right? Like the chili peppers were all very like punk, you know, like Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. You're too clean, Chad, okay? You're too clean looking. They, do you even yeah. do drugs? <laughs> he wasn't um, as much of a freak as the rest of them. Yeah. Because he was in a, like, that, like, this is the 80s. We're talking about, like, the hair metal yeah. kind of era. So he comes in with that long, you know, that flowy hair mm-hmm. and, like, the denim jackets and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, just mad 80s, right? <laughs> so they're like, oh, well, this guy doesn't really fit his style. But, like, you know, he's here. Like, let's let him try out. Mm-hmm. So he gets on the kit. And not only could he keep up with Flea. Flea was having a hard time keeping up with him. That's right. Apparently, Flea. he was literally looking at Flea like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, <and he's> just, <laughs> which is so funny to me. Yeah, that's great. So he just absolutely destroys the audition. And they're all just like, oh, fuck. Like, this is the guy. <laughs> like, this has got to be the guy. Because, I mean, we talked about Chad and um, Greatest Drummers of All Time yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. And he's one of the best drummers ever. I mean, he's fucking amazing. That I've ever heard. And you know what I say is law like all the time yeah so, so. yeah check it out <laughs> in the library of congress <laughs> um so yeah so they're like chad is the guy yeah so but this, this is also so funny so they're like hey man we want to give you the job but if you want to join the band you got to cut your hair yep and chad was like no <laughs> and they were like Okay. Exactly. Because <laughs> he's so good. You're not going to not hire him for some stupid shit like that. That's right. And also, he's way bigger than the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a power move. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. But he he knows that, though. Yeah. Because, again, so he's playing with Flea, and he's, like, just blowing everybody out of the water. And he's been around. He knows other drummers. I bet while he was doing this, he's like, most people would not be able to keep up with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he knows. Yeah. Like, he had the power in that situation. Yeah. Like, y'all are looking for a drummer. I just fucking murdered this audition. Yep. You're going to not take me because I'm not going to cut my hair? I don't think so. <laughs> right? So now we have the classic lineup of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. We got the Johns, we got the Tones, we got the Fleas, we got the Chads. That's right. <laughs> we got them all. 
So they go back in the studio, and um, so Mother's Milk was their next album. Was this was Rick on this album, or was it he came in on the next one? The next one. Okay. Yeah. Well, we won't we won't get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so they put out another album. John, I mean, no offense to Hillel. I Hillel is like you said for all the reasons you said before. Hillel was great for the band, mm-hmm. but I mean, Frusciante is clearly a better guitarist. Yeah, I mean, there's some guitarists that are just beautiful guitarists, and he's definitely he knows how to. He's like the Celine Dion of guitars. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to dig right into your soul. Well, the thing about John, like his guitar playing, first of all, he's one of my favorite guitarists ever. I mm-hmm. mean, so much of what I've have ever played on guitar is because of him yeah. and like my style. But whatever, it's not about me, guys. But <laughs> but not. thanks, I uh, appreciate you. <laughs> I didn't even know you played guitar, so thanks for telling. Yeah, us. I borrowed these. Oh, these man. these aren't mine. <laughs> um, on the the wall <laughs> behind us in every single one of our podcasts. <laughs> But um, no, John, the thing about John, like not only could he play that like the super funky, like dirty grooves, but he could also play such beautiful solos and he could play such beautiful chord. Like there is so much variety in John's guitar yeah. style. Yeah. And he's just such a dedicated artist and songwriter that he really brought their their whole vibe to a different level. Like, he did. He did. And he I think he even said like, oh, I thought you, that's just what you were supposed to do. Like, yeah. that's just what guitarists did. Like, yeah. you know. That's amazing. You know, that he, that, that's like the best guitarist is like, like the humble one that is just saying, like, oh, well, what? I, I was doing something great. Yeah. This whole thing. John, he's <laughs> just all about the music. That's it. That's all that matters to him. Yeah. Right. Which makes him perfect because yeah. it's so funny. The dynamic of the classic uh, lineup of the band is so funny because Anthony Flea and John are on like a very like mystical, like spiritual shit. Like they all like meditate before the shows, blah, blah, blah. And Chad is just such classic drummer. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't really fuck with any of that. I'm no. just here to like have a good time and yeah. drink some beer. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's just so funny because that's such a drummer thing to do. But, yeah. but he pulls it off. Anyway, so they put another another album. Um, does a lot better. Yeah. Because they're climbing. They're climbing. Cool. Yeah. Because this is going to be a recurring theme. And again, no offense to anybody else in the band, but clearly when John is in the band... It, it's the best version of the band. Yeah. It's just no one... Who's going to deny it? I don't think they would deny that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, the other lineups are coming down the line, so we'll laugh later. <laughs> <laughs> or now. Or we can laugh now. As long as you guys laugh with us, okay? Uh-huh. I want to hear you laugh right now. <laughs> Everyone laugh really hard. One, two, three. Okay. Um... So classic lineup of the band. Um, Mother's Milk does really well. Mm-hmm. They're getting some play on like MTV. Mm-hmm. They cover Stevie Wonder's song. That was so awesome. Which is badass. Oh my gosh, the bass line when it yeah. starts. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. that's everything. If you want to just, if, you, I'm, if you're listening or watching this, you probably already know about their Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. But if you want to know about Flea's bass style, just listen to Higher Ground. Yeah. From the very beginning, you'll be like, oh, it's like this? Exactly. Wow. That was on... Um, one of my sisters, like I, I don't know if it's junior high. I, one of the like the ending year, you know, where they do like the the, the video for mm-hmm. the the kids that are leaving the school. That yeah, yeah. song was on it. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so the Chili Peppers, they're getting bigger and bigger. They still haven't broke into the you know the mainstream. Yeah. So they go. They're going to do another album, and this time they say again, "Yo, Rick, come through, baby." And he's like, "All right." I've heard of you. Yeah. I'll, I'll come do the album for you guys now. This is the cleanest they're going to get, I think. <laughs> this is I caught them at a good time. <laughs> so they rented out uh, Harry Houdini's mansion in he, L.A.? Why wouldn't you? Which apparently was haunted. Yeah. 
Why wouldn't it be? And they all lived in the mansion for the recording, except for Chad, because I'm not fucking with this haunted house. <laughs> Chad's like, Why would you? Chad's like, he's such a fucking drummer. He's like, I'll just ride it on my motorcycle every day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not living in this house, though. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> so they're in there. And they actually, there's a documentary at the time. Yeah. Uh, Funky Monks, right? Yeah, uncut. They have an uncut version. Yeah, which is a great documentary. It's really cool to see them in like their whole creative process. And it's obviously, it's always cool to see Rick working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such a meditative dude as well. Yeah. You know, so that's awesome. And they said that like, you know, they wanted to work in a house because it didn't have the constrictions of a studio. Right. You know, because who are you going to spit at? You know <laughs> what I mean? Who are you going to throw a bottle at? Who's going to haunt you <laughs> when you're trying to go to the bathroom at two in the morning? <laughs> With their regulated AC. Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> I think this is a game. But um, so they work on this album, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have a title for it yet. They ended up taking this the title from Rick's favorite title of a song, which was Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Right. Because that is everything that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are. I mean, basically. it is. It is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this album became a huge fucking deal for them. Yeah. Specifically, one song. Yeah. Which is called Under the Bridge. Yeah. Which I think has to be one of the most famous songs in the world. Gods to be. Gods Everybody. to be. Everybody. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Most people in the world can finish that line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, honestly. I don't know the words. No, I'm just kidding. What's next? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the... Yeah. All right. Um, so the thing that's funny is that Ketis didn't even want to make that a song because it was so different. Yeah, from their super funk like rap style, it was mm-hmm. like a, like melodic and slow. Like he didn't even bring it to the band. Like literally, like um, he gave Rick some of his like notebooks to just like look through, mm-hmm. and Rick was like, "Again, here's Rick being a fucking genius." Yeah, Rick was like, "What's this? Mm-hmm. What's this poem that you have here? This is pretty. This is good." And Kiedis is like, no, this, this, it's this. It might be good for something, but not for the band. It's not. It's not really what the band does. Like, it's really like sad and like it's not fun. Like, yeah. and Rick is like, no, this is something. Like, yeah. you should, you should make this something. Yeah. So Anthony and John write the song mm-hmm. under the bridge, mm-hmm. which becomes just a huge, 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 huge worldwide hit. song. It breaks them. It breaks the album. It's the videos everywhere. Again, yeah. it's one of the most famous songs ever. It's probably their signature song. Yeah. Do you think who who do you think do you think Anthony put in the mumble rap? Some dong dong dig dong. On a soul to squeeze. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that he put that in? Yeah. Like, okay. I feel like he probably just needed like half a verse. It didn't have any more words. Dong dang 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 dang. But yeah, but yeah. But that was um on that was soul to squeeze, which was recorded for the same sessions as the album. But I don't think it was technically on the album. No, I think I think it's I think soul is part of a movie. Yeah, it was like soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like around the same time, but you know they just rode the wave and put that in. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. long story short, Blood Sugar Sex Magic becomes their, by far their biggest album. Huge. To this day, great fucking album. Yeah. I'll put that shit on. There's some jams on that album. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're yeah. still super wild. Like, yeah. this is really, like, peak of their early wild style. Yeah. Because John is in the band, the songwriting expanding, but they're still crazy. Mm-hmm. But now they have a more melodic side to the band as well. I know. They got angels singing in the background. They literally hired angels. <laughs> Under the bridge down down. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, for real. Um, So now they're fucking huge. They're doing world tour now. 
arenas. Yeah. And John. Well, I was going to say, Anthony and Flea couldn't be happier. They're like, yo, we made it. This is great. This is like everything we'd always been wanting to do. And they're jumping up and down, and then they turn into the other side of the room, and John is like... He's like, I hate this. Because John, remember, John already thought that they made it. Yeah. So now all of a sudden they're huge, and yeah. it's just, the shows aren't as intimate because you're doing arenas now yes everybody knows them mm-hmm. and john is super uncomfortable with it exactly i always love to say bring on the suits <laughs> <laughs> those guys the suits come in and john goes out <laughs> <laughs> so literally they're doing a world tour yeah they're about to play in japan somewhere and john just quits the band like an hour before the show he's like i'm over this shit yeah which was really racism it wasn't really like you know <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't about him. It was He's just... like, I can't handle these fucking Japanese people. He's like, we beat you. What are they even saying? <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, so John's like, I can't handle this anymore. Right. I'm fucking, I'm out. Yeah. Which becomes kind of a recurring theme <laughs> with the band. <laughs> but no, he literally, he just goes off the deep end. He definitely does. He definitely, I mean, oh man. It's just such a hard life to live. You got to be really mentally prepared for that. And he literally, like, I'll take a quote out of what I read. He, like, goes to live in squalor. Yeah. He literally was like, what can I do that's the exact opposite of this? <laughs> exactly. So he goes, and there's footage of him, too, during this time. Yes. That was actually shot by, like, Johnny Depp, I think. He produced, like, this short film. I just remember, I remember seeing it way back. Like, I didn't do the research, but I remember him not having teeth. Like, oh, yeah. I remember it just being, like, bad. Yeah, no, you can go on YouTube now and look it up. Like, he looked fucked up. Yeah. Like, he was, like, a, so skinny. Like, his skin looked like it was falling off. Yeah. Like, But he was still an artist. He was still, like, creating a lot of things. But he was basically, yeah, he was living in squalor. He was just, like, he became so withdrawn. Almost like Hillel. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. just kind of, like, withdrew into himself and just lived in, like, this house. Like, he had to get, oh, my, well, we'll get into it. But he really fucked himself up. So yeah. he goes off and, and does his own thing. Without the Chili Peppers. Right. But Chili Peppers are like, well, what the fuck? We're huge now. We're not going to stop. Yeah. So even, it's crazy. I mean, it happens so fast. Like, even some of their music videos from this time, like, John's not even in them. Right. Because he literally dropped out so fast. Yeah. Like, while they're still promoting the album. Yeah. Yeah. So then they need a new guitarist. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> which again becomes a running theme uh-huh. and um there was this dude oh, he gosh. used to be in this band called jane's addiction jane says <laughs> have you seen my wig around <laughs> another hot song though gotta give it to that yeah no shout out to jane's addiction they're great but yeah, yeah yeah dave navarre was a guitarist for that band yes he left the band yeah he he joined the chili peppers yeah and his style was different yeah, it's different. I remember as a kid always feeling like he was filling in. I'm like, is he just filling in? Like, you know, when Tom Petty had Dave Grohl fill in, like it was like right. one of those things. Oh, he's just filling in. He won't be here for long. <laughs> well, because the vibe, obviously, if you look back back at it now, I don't know if they could see that at a time. Because it, so Anthony relapsed at this time. Yeah. So he was on drugs again. So yeah. I don't know if they even realized how off the vibe was. But you can kind of tell when you yeah. go back now and think about it. He didn't, like Navarro didn't have that funk 
right. aspect of That's him. what it was. That was missing. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Nothing wrong with Dave Navarro himself, you know, with all the VH1 reality shows and all those things like that and the Carmen Electra and the God knows what else. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was all that, but it, it didn't fit in the Chili Pepper style, right. for sure. So they end up putting out one album with Navarro called One Hot Minute, which is still a really good album. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're good, you're good. He's not a bad guitarist. No. It's funny, uh, who are we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Stevie Wonder. We're like, isn't it crazy that when your worst album is still great? Yeah. Like, still so much better than, like, what most people are putting out? It's true. So there's really good songs on that album. Actually, Aeroplane is a song on that album. It's one of my favorite Chili Pepper songs. That's cool. One of my favorite bass lines from a Chili Pepper song, that for sure. That is a darn good bass line. Right? Flea, call us. Yeah, hit us up. We need a bass player. Come play <laughs> for uh, 10 people with us. <laughs> In case you get tired of playing arenas. Exactly. Yeah. You've already gone so high. Come down. Come down. <laughs> so um so they put out one album with Navarro and again this is um it's funny how they realize this was in the book, how they realize that their time with Navarro was done. So they were all trying to be sober at the time. Yeah. And one day they they show up to practice and Navarro's just drinking a beer. <laughs> Doesn't even say anything about it. He's just casually yeah. just drinking a beer like no big deal and they're all just kind of like What? <laughs> okay, well I think this has run its course. Yes. <laughs> so, so they boot Navarro out of the band. Well, this is what I'm talking about. Like, who's doing drugs worse than the other person? Obviously, at this time, Dave was. All right. It's got to, I don't know if it's, it's got to be not only a drug thing, but also just a vibe thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The vibe was not right. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Dave's out. They don't wear leather pants. That's <laughs> right. Only Chad does. <laughs> but he has long hair, so we could, but he could do it, okay? Um,. <laughs> So Dave, he gets the boot, and they were literally like, I don't even know if we should still do the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. They're like, I think Anthony said, he's like, honestly, the only way I could imagine continuing this is if we get John back in the band. Yes. Because, again, John is just the guy. Like, he's, everybody, everybody that's a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan knows that John Frusciante is a part of the classic Red Hot Chili Peppers. You can't, you can't, you can't take him out of that. No. So Flea goes to his house. Yep. In the squalor. Yes. On Skid Row. It was, I believe it was like... He was hanging 15, out with Sebastian 28 Bach. Skid Row. Yeah, I think that was the address. Wait, is there? Is that really... The street is called Skid Row? No, no, no. But oh, Skid Row is what you call it when yeah. people are down in the dumps. <laughs> no, I knew that. I was like... But it wouldn't surprise me if LA actually had a street called Skid... You know what I mean? Like 18 in my life gets crowded. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so Flea goes to his house... And tries to basically just, like, recruit him back in the band. He's like, yo, like, we want you back. Like, would you consider doing it? And John was like, nothing would in this world would make me happier. Yeah, yeah. John became the teary emoji. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But, but Flea was like, all right, but you got to go to rehab. Yeah. You got to get clean. Yeah. So, so he did. And, like, he was so – he had to replace, like, all of his teeth. Yeah. He had to get, like, skin grafts because he had so many, like, needle holes in his fucking arm. Like, he was – he was a wreck. Like he was this close to death. Yeah. Like it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, they but fixed him up, up. like yeah. Wizard of Oz style. Yeah, like they, <laughs> they cast a spell on him. <laughs> they just all came and were just like. And then he came back to rehearsal. He was riding inside of a pink bubble, and he just gently floated down into the practice space. Yeah. So so John cleans up. He comes back. Yep. 
And it must have been great for them. Because, again, so he was already in the band before, and nobody else in the band was different. He already knew Chad. He already knew Anthony. He already knew Flea. So it's just like, hey, we yeah. got, we're getting the band back together, literally. I'm sure a lot of tears were shed. Flea yeah. seems like, well, not seems like, we know him to be a very sensitive guy. Yeah, yeah. Flea cried more than anybody, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Flea or John. That's true. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's flip a coin. Let us know when this premieres in the comments. Who do you think cried more? Who cries more in the Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> John Fruchate or Flea? You let us know. We'll be taking a poll. Um, yeah. So so they get John back. They start working on a new album. Californication. Yep. Does okay. It's, it's, a, it's an all right album. It's all right. You know. Oh, it only has like... 10 singles that are hits on it That's like literally it. every fucking song on that album is a, is a banger i know right yeah they just keep getting better that's the, that's the beauty of them too right mm-hmm. it just keeps climbing it so rick rick is back to produce it yep which i don't need to go into this whole thing but this is actually there's a controversy with the album with the mastering people are saying that that, that it was mastered like in a bullshit way where everything is too loud and this there's like this whole controversy with like too much compression that they think in this era with like cds and all the albums were too compressed and everyone was like blaming rick rubin for it and shit but i wasn't blaming rick at the time when it came out it did sound different compared to their other stuff and you know me just don't you don't dare get too big on me don't get too big on me guys okay so but i had to let it go yeah. right i'll, I'll allow the it. music was great yes 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 Yes. Can we do a segue back to one of their filling guitarists who was for Parliament Funkadelic um, uh, and who threatened to burn down Anthony's house because they kicked him out to band? We just have to mention Wait, that, that was the drummer, right? Yeah. D- wasn't that uh, DH? Is it Blackbird? Is it- I forgot what his name is. Uh, I sorry. thought it was a guitarist. It's so bad. We'll put him in a picture, right? We'll yeah, be- we'll figure it out. Get a sad sticker. Uh, we'll I don't know. Figure it out. Somebody threatened to burn Anthony's house down because he kicked him out the band. Yeah, but he didn't do it. No. Nope, He's soft. Because nope. Anthony's house... Doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> and they're already red hot. Duh. Joke's on you. You can't burn down my house if I'm homeless. <laughs> okay so back to california so californication comes out does great singles everywhere music videos everywhere there's still so many songs on that album that so many people know to this day yep so they just they keep riding the momentum they're doing all these big shows but john's cool with it now he's accepted it he knew what he was getting into when he got back into the band at this point yeah because that was the whole thing when he joined the band the first time nobody knew that they were going to get that big right but when he came back he already was mentally like he had those years where he fucking went off and did his own crazy shit. Mm-hmm. But when he came back, he's like, I know what I'm getting back into. Like, I'm ready for it now. Right. So they do that. They put out By The Way, mm-hmm. another great album. Mm-hmm. At this point, like, By The Way is completely detached from their early style. It's, like, all melodic. Yeah, yeah. Which is also another thing about John, because John actually took out a lot of the songwriting for that album, mm-hmm. which actually caused a lot of tension with Flea. Yes, they had a little, yeah, but then they had to let that go. Yeah. Because I think Flea was considering leaving the group. Where are you going to go? Yeah. Hmm? I'm going to go out on the streets? <laughs> Become the bassist at Times Square? You're going to start your own music conservatory? You know, you're going to go join oh, wait, ACDC? You might, you might do that. He might. <laughs> he might do that. Um, but um, so, yeah, so they just keep... They just keep putting shit out. They just keep getting bigger and bigger. Everybody fucking loves them. And then this is... So then the next album is... I would consider kind of their magnum opus of the time. Yeah. And this is the first CD that I ever bought. 
Yeah. It's Stadium Arcadium. Yeah. Double album. Yeah. Because at this point, they were just so much, they were just firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. They had so much creativity going on that they just had so many songs to put out. And it was cool. I saw John even say in an interview that this was the first album that they worked on where like everybody was happy. Oh, that's you know awesome. what I mean? That's awesome. Listen, RHCP, you cannot have two albums on the greatest albums of all time. <laughs> you, 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 we got to pick one. It's not allowed. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. One per band, okay? <laughs> so they put out Stadium Arcadium. Again, this is the first CD I ever bought. I vividly remember I was in the mall. Uh-oh. Eating with my family. Panda and, Express? Um, <laughs> it was a deli. Oh, man. Hey. It was, fuck, what was it? <laughs> It was like Piccadilly, Piccadilly Deli or some shit. Aww. Because <laughs> we tried to bring a little New York to Florida, you know what I mean? <laughs> My grandparents were like, let me get the decaf coffee. <laughs> um, and then there was a music store right down from the restaurant. And I was like, hey, Dad, can I go look at CDs? Aww. And he was like, okay. He's like, what are those? Tell you what. If you will find one you really like, I'll even let I'll even buy it for you. Aww. And I'm like, oh no way! And they had just put that album out, and I already loved the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was a double album, so I felt like I was kind of getting one. Over. I'm just like, hey, how about this one? Gotta get the deal, right? So that was the first CD I ever got, oh and that that gosh. album is just so great. There's so many styles on that album. There's yeah. so it's just it's great. I yeah. mean, you can listen to it so many times, and a great title too. That kind of like encompasses what is on the album. I think mm-hmm. the Stadium Arcadium. It's just you know, like think about walking into a stadium like all the sites that you see and think about walking into an arcade like i don't know if that has anything to do with it but i mean those are the primary those are the root words in those words so i'm just gonna go with that yeah absolutely and this is i mean yeah i mean they really can't get bigger than this at this point i mean now they they won like four grammys for that album Mm -hmm. they played at the grammys which i remember watching that honestly that might have been the last time i watched the fucking grammys (laughs) when they played snow and all the confetti fell down yeah you know what i'm talking about yes i don't i literally don't think i've watched the grammys since then but that's that's a whole other story yeah um and then (laughs) just as everything is going great what is what does John decide to do? He pulls a is it Ricky Bobby's dad? He pulls a Ricky Bobby. He's <laughs> <laughs> like things are going too good. John pulls a Ricky Bobby, uh, Ricky Bobby's dad. <laughs> Fuck, I don't remember what his name was. Mr. Bobby, I don't even remember either. And he's just like, you know what? Because again, he's a consummate artist. Like all he wants to do is is create new things and and bring things that he that. And do things that he hasn't been able to do before. Yeah. And he kind of felt like that his time in the Chili Peppers had come to an end. He mm-hmm. felt like after that album, I don't really know where else I can bring this. I got to go do my own thing for a little bit. Yeah. And he, I've listened to some of his solo albums too, and he has some, he has some really good shit. Yeah. Yeah. I have not but, listened to anything, but I will dig into the crates. He has a few really good things. His guy is just a great artist. And, Obviously. And a, a big part of their sound too at this point, not only was his guitar playing, but also his vocals. Mm-hmm. Like his falsetto and his backup vocals and all the harmonies that he did. Yeah. 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 I know he's a big, he thinks that that's part of being a guitarist. Like, you know, to add the vocals and stuff like that. Obviously, John and I come from the same vein. Don't John is like, John, don't get too big on me. He's telling himself <laughs> that. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, let's not get too big on ourselves. <laughs> John's just a fucking man. Yeah. I but love that guy. But he leaves, but he does come back. So, you know. Eventually. Yeah. Very recently. Yeah. Um, so John John leaves, and they had on the Stadium Arcadium tour, like, a sideman mm-hmm. that would play guitar, like, offstage. You know what I mean? So he would back them up, but he wasn't, like, a full member of the band. Um, 
his name was Josh Klinghoffer. Yeah. And basically, John groomed him to be his replacement. Yeah. Like, the entire time. Because they were already good friends. They had already... I think they did, like, an album together, just them two. Okay. And so they already knew each other really well. Josh obviously had worked with Chili Peppers before on that whole tour. So they it made sense that they were just like, all right, you're getting you're getting promoted. You're yeah. you're part of the band now. Mm-hmm. So they put out two more albums with Josh. Yeah. Which I also thought were very good. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say Chili Peppers could do no wrong because they did play Woodstock and Inside a Riot. But, but, besides that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot to mention... Um, one of the things that made them super famous when they were starting was that one time they would just go out to a show and they would be totally naked except for very well-placed socks. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> I forgot gosh. to mention that. And it's so funny because as that they only did that like once or twice. And, but then there was a point where everybody's like, you're going to do the sock thing tonight, bros? And they were like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then like even when they went to like um, the um, – like blood sugar sex magic tour it had been years since they did that and people were still asking them to do it they were just like fuck you dude but at woodstock 99 flea's just like you know what i feel like being naked mm-hmm. this is just the energy of the crowd so he just goes out <laughs> totally naked and just starts playing bass because flea's just a wild fucking guy like really he's is. all about whatever energy is hitting him he's just gonna go with it yeah if the energy says be naked he's like fuck it what do i need clothes for yep yep so um socks underwear whatever it is i don't need it all the only clothes i need is my base okay (laughs) it covers up all the sections yeah (laughs) so so they put out two albums with klinghoffer again i think they're really good albums i saw them on their tour for um the getaway okay which was their first album not produced by Rick Rubin since Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It was produced by DJ Danger Mouse. Okay. Which I actually really like that album because not only does it sound different because uh, Josh is in it, but also a different producer. It definitely sounds different. Yeah. I mean, Danger Mouse is a whole different vibe. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I really like that album for that. So I have to say that. Like, I don't want to act like, oh, if Frusciante's not on the band, the music isn't good. Mm -hmm. That's not true. It's just everybody knows that Frusciante is the best version of the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody fucking knows it. Mm -hmm. And the band knows it. Because after two albums with Frusciante, or without Frusciante, he comes back. Yep. Which literally, I mean, that was only announced like a year and a half ago. Yeah. So yeah. it's very new. And they just came out with another album, Yeah. which I listened to. Uh-huh. Very, I'm like, yes, the, this is the Chili Peppers. Like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Nice. And now they're doing their first, like literally as we speak, they're in the middle of their first arena tour. Which or sorry, a, stadium tour. That's amazing. They did arenas before, the indoor ones. Right. But now they're doing, I mean, they're playing MetLife Stadium. They're at the queen level now. They're literally, yeah. They, I mean, yeah, they're at that level. And it's so wild. I was thinking about this earlier. Like, just the longevity of the band and the consistency of the band. I honestly think the only rivals they have or the only people in that category have to be, like, the Stones at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they've been around for so long, and, like, even through all the, the changes, whatever, they've still put out music, and they're still there. Mm-hmm. And as long... This is the thing I realize. As long as Flea and Kiedis are in the band, it'll be the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. But, you know... Which kind of like the Stones, it's like, if you have Mick and you have Keith, Keith then it can be the Stones. It can definitely be the Stones. Which Mick? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just... I mean, they're one of the most legendary bands ever. It's like, everybody knows the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, the Simpsons know the Chili Peppers. The Simpsons know them. <laughs> Anybody, everybody fucking knows them. And it's just crazy because, like, you would just never, they would, like, if you saw these goofy-ass kids in high school, you would never think, oh, well, these kids are clearly going to be 
in the biggest rock band of the 90s yeah slash 2000s yeah I'm pretty you would sure never expect it for them a lot of people said about those kids it's like those kids are gonna end up dead or in jail i think that was probably the consensus and some of them did yes yeah you know what i mean so yeah. r.i.p to hillel but you know the legacy lives on obviously right i mean here we are talking about him like more than 30 years after he died exactly they proved that they're bigger than the heroine who was trying to take over the band. That's right. That's right. The heroine does not own them. Nope. And now, I mean, they're just bona fide celebrities. I mean, yeah. they're they're the elder statesmen of rock. They've really made it to that level. They've got a uh, a star on the Walk of Fame now. They got a star. I mean, Flea. He'll he'll be playing. Uh, he'll be playing the national anthem at Laker games. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got his own music conservatory now. Yeah. Like, they really, I mean, they just really did it. Like, they just always, they just always fucking lived it. Yeah. I mean, and I know that Anthony's grown up now, but I'm still not over him cutting his hair. <laughs> he was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But, yeah, I don't know. There's just, it's just, I have such a connection with this band. Like, it, I just love this band so much. It's been so fun to talk about them. Like, I can't, I feel like it's been short, but it's been over an hour. Wow. I think. But, like, is there anything we're missing? Like, no, no, no. Do they have any salsa verde? <laughs> we need to find out. Where? Are they, who are the green hot chili peppers? <laughs> what is their style like? <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, final thoughts on the chili peppers. Just like they're just fucking legendary. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. They're. I mean, they are one of the greats. I was gonna say they're up there with one of the greats. They are one of the greats. They were the best of their genre too. You know. I was looking at some of the tours, and you know, they're on with the Pumpkins, they're on with freaking Nirvana, like they're, mm -hmm. they're on with Pearl Jam, like mm -hmm. one of their one of their members became Pearl Jam, like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like insane. Like I mean, what what have they not done musically? You know, they rap, they sing, <laughs> they play, they do it all. They say gibberish on the songs. That's right. Oh, and I do want to say this about Frusciante. You know, this eh, I don't even think this is controversial. I think Frusciante, like technically, is a way better singer than Kiedis is. Yeah, yeah. Quit, Kiedis. Quit now. I think he has a better voice. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, but he's not, but Kiedis is like, as a front person, he just does a, such a good job of like being what the Chili Peppers are that what nothing could ever take that away from him. Yeah. And he's another perfect example of like, in rock and roll, like, you don't have to have the best voice. That is what it is. Yeah. And if you want to mention somebody like the Stones, you have Mick. Like, you know what I mean? Mick doesn't have the best voice, but then he does. He does have the best voice. What are the best voices for rock and roll? He he has the best voice for what he's trying to do. Yeah. And that's the same for Kiedis. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't matter that he's not classically trained singer. It's like, exactly. he can write all of this shit and he can convey the emotions that he wants to. Yeah. Like, I like if, if people kind of make fun of your voice, like I remember my stepbrother making fun of it, like, um, take me to the play I love like I remember my stepbrother making fun of him like that and I also remember listening to some of Mick's the Stones earlier songs and I'm just like how did he do that <laughs> you know yeah, and yeah. it sounds great like how what made him do that like it's just I don't know it just is it yeah. just is what it is yeah and that's another thing you know recurring theme on this podcast we talk about it all the time like authenticity is always what wins out in the wrong the long run yeah and from the start of the chili peppers from that first minute and a half show that they played yeah. they were just always themselves yep they were always not afraid to be as fucking wild and crazy as they were yeah. and people loved them for it mm -hmm. and that's why we love them too yep yep okay chili peppers you can get big you can get big on us we allow it mm-hmm mm -hmm. I don't know. I gotta. I gotta see them on this on the stadium tour. Yeah. I don't know where. They're they're doing so many shows, but whatever. 
Hopefully they come around. You said MetLife, but then when are they coming around again? Who knows? Oh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, nothing's guaranteed. You got to go to Brazil. <laughs> My friend was like, you want to go see them in Amsterdam? I'm like, <laughs> fuck, uh, I, I need to save some money. <laughs> like, uh, but anyway, chili peppers are the best. Mm-hmm. Thanks for watching. We hope you appreciate it. We hope you love the chili peppers like we do. Yeah. Um, if you like the podcast, check us out. Patreon.com slash Music Maniacs is the best way to support us. We're doing bonus episodes over there now, so you get more content from us. Yep. It's pay what you want, so if you have any amount that you want to donate, you can get more content from us and help us to continue doing it. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're Side After Dark. Listen to our music wherever you listen to music. Yep. And um, I guess that's it. We're signing off. Later. I'd give anything to not hear you whine and cry about